0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Season 2 finale of the Tuesday Special Podcast. But before we jump into the episode, let's take care of a few sponsors. First being Cabarrus Brewing Company. Hosting the coming-up Too Close for Comfort PWX show, Cabarrus Brewing Company has helped me in so many ways, I can never express the gratitude for letting me do a bunch of awesome things with them. And they sponsor this podcast. Uh, If you're in the Concord area, visit them at 329 McGill Avenue, Northwest. I don't know if I've ever put that Northwest in there, but it's Northwest in Concord, North Carolina. If you're not near the outer Charlotte, North Carolina or Concord, North Carolina area, you can visit them online at cabarrusbrewing.com. No matter if you're close by or you're not, just support them. Online or in person, they got a beautiful tap room. If you're a fan of PWX, you can come out and check it out on September 22nd. We'll be there, we'll fill that place up, and we'll have a party. Nonetheless, Cabarrus Brewing.com, 329 McGill Avenue. Also, check out 1820 Apparel at Wear1820.com. They got a bunch of awesome t shirts, including the official tuesday special t-shirt all nineteen ninety nine. they got a bunch of beautiful shirts they also have the team shasta shirts um, if you've heard this podcast before you know about that all proceeds go to shasta who's uh, my girlfriend's sister and she's recovering from a liver transplant and doing well so uh, a lot of doctor appointments but we've helped support her through our partnership with 1820 apparel and we will continue to help support her so roll on over to wear 1820.com and check them out All right, let's knock this thing out of the park. All right, ladies and gents, aliens, kids, I don't know, whoever listens to this podcast. uh, We did it. We made it to the finale of season two. Now, if, if you're not familiar with seasonal podcast, uh, the burden is a lot on me with everything else I do to have to get a podcast out every week, as you can tell, because this is a day late. But, uh, but yeah, so I take a break. I take a break, but I got something else in the works. So if you have the opportunity or you want to follow something else I've, I do, just look up facebook.com backslash Patrick Price Comedy. And then you'll be able to find it. My, my, I, don't, I haven't really done anything on YouTube, but the new venture that we're going to jump into is a very big YouTube. Uh, like it's, it's going to be on Facebook and uh, some Facebook Live, but it's going to be on YouTube, too. And it's, I'm doing it to try to build up my YouTube. I only have 10 subscribers on my YouTube, which doesn't allow you to pick a custom URL for some reason. So uh, I couldn't give you the YouTube URL. Uh, you can find it through the Facebook page. So just check it out. And, and I'll put up some links on TuesdaySpecial.com. But enough of that, let's get into the finale episode uh, with someone that I've always wanted on the podcast, and I don't know, like we see each other all the time, I don't know why I've never just set them down and asked them to do it, uh, but I did, and it was before a pure event, so uh, just like with Tommy's last week, you'll hear people walking in and out, and if Drake starts picking on somebody, you know they're probably standing right there, and you hear some people, uh, there was some middle fingers, there were some ch- crotch chops, there was... All kinds of this is just a fun episode. And and I asked him all the stuff I wanted to ask him. J.D. Drake is my guest, or James Drake, some people know. It's an interesting story with me and Drake. He came to PWX, uh, four, three or four years ago. People had pushed him for me to book him, and I kind of shunned away from it. Then he finally showed up. He finally got the opportunity, took advantage and impressed, and he's hasn't stopped. And uh, one of the fun things we talked about was his debut on the WWE Network on top of a lot of other things so my advice for if you want to listen to this podcast is if you are an aspiring professional wrestler if you are someone who follows drake's career or has followed drake's career in his 15 plus years of wrestling and uh if you're just someone who who likes to hear a story about someone living out his dream when everybody else told him that it wasn't possible or he couldn't do it this is a fun podcast but uh that's enough of me japping my jaws japping my is that japping saw si, is that right japping my jaws what? I don't know I I, I just I might have just made something up but enough of me uh japping my jaws uh we'll get into this awesome interview sit down conversation at Hebron Hall with the one and only and there is one and only James Drake aka JD Drake enjoy <laughs> Swig of water. I
1: I, look, you can kiss my ass. I wouldn't be drinking. I'd be drinking water with hops in it. But you know. I love.
0: I love the first sentence on the podcast is "You kiss my ass." It like will. everybody else is like, "Can I kiss on this?" Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, f bomb, f bomb, f bomb. Look, man,
1: <laughs> I don't ask for permission anymore. I've learned.
0: You have to. You have to. Re- you're representing a national company
1: now, Drake. All right, here I'll do it in sign language. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> got a lot about? of
0: that today too. <laughs> how are you
1: i'm doing fantastic how are you well traveled right yes extremely well traveled and well hated i tried to piss off everybody on the planet this morning i love it (laughs) like i
0: recorded i recorded a podcast earlier today and we talked we touched on that a little bit i mean you can touch on it if we want to but i feel like it's gonna be water on the bridge in two weeks when this comes out
1: yeah i don't care
0: i love your i love your how i know but tell the people how you got your carefree attitude
1: um i stopped caring (laughs) that's just all there is to it um no man it just it came to the point where i tried to please everybody and the more that i tried to please everybody they wanted more out of me so i just Mm -hmm. said you know what piss on it i'm gonna i'm gonna be me and And whatever
0: and now people love you more than they ever have that's that's, the truth it's crazy how it's the truth
1: it's like when they started seeing exactly who i was they stopped like they stopped treating me a certain way and now it's like oh I know this guy's going to be genuine one hundred percent of the time. Who in the hell is outside? I don't know. Did he actually DoorDash McDonald's?
0: <laughs> Probably. No, Did you DoorDash McDonald's?
1: No, that's not. That's Chipotle. He can get away oh, with okay, that. Yeah, okay, okay, good. Works. If you were to DoorDash McDonald's, I swear to God, I'd have beat you with his microphone. <laughs> like the delivery fee is worth more than the food actually is.
0: Yeah. Jeez. So, so we're sitting here with James Drake, JD Drake now. Right. Uh, I know him as Drake.
1: <laughs> and, well, that works, too. There's the, a million names you can call me. You will get away with something.
0: So, I mean, I guess we'll touch on what everybody wants us to talk about, and that was the – was it the tw- was it 10-year? No. 10th. 10-year anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. It was on WWE Network. Yeah. You're in the premier spot. Like, I've, I love Gabe. I love Evolve. I don't watch very much of it just because I don't watch <laughs> much wrestling outside of PWX. Right. But I did – I watched this whole show. Yeah. And the reason I watched this whole show – was I knew like I wanted I wanted Sal to succeed because mm-hmm. I, I had been told that they were letting Sal edit it right and live it, live cut it I wanted Sal to succeed I wanted to see how he would transition to the like a WWE style of presentation as opposed to their right. evolve because I've been on the front end and back end of that mm-hmm. and because of you and Anthony right and uh, I think both you guys knocked it out of the park I loved everything about it uh, I loved that Lenny was
1: back. Of course. And by himself.
0: And by himself. Lenny, I love yeah. Lenny
1: is the man. Yes. There's only one other guy that I know of that can do commentary by himself. And that's Joey Styles.
0: Yes. Well Lenny and is better
1: better than Joey Styles in my opinion.
0: Uh part of me agrees with that. And uh yeah, when the, the first, like when it opened, like I watched this. I haven't anticipated a show in a long time. Right. And like I told my girlfriend that like at at X I can't remember what it's like seven or eight o'clock. I have to watch, like, I have to hook the computer up to the TV, and I have to, I have to watch so I don't want to be bothered. Right. And, uh, and uh, what was funny is Si, you know, Si, the nine-year-old, oh, he's, yeah. like, he's like, oh, is, who's anybody I know wrestling on it? And I said, Henry and Drake are wrestling on it. He's like, the enforcers? And I was like, yep. <laughs> he's like, oh, awesome. So he watched it with me. That's good. But uh, how dope was it that Heyman did the, did the
1: announcement? It was damn near surreal. Like uh Gabe. So I okay, can if
0: if you can. I wanna I wanna know like the scenario of like when you guys found out it was gonna happen to when it happened. Like in and, and oh, like what's find, going what's going through your mind?
1: We found out one hour before showtime. Like I didn't want to be around Austin at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I was Gabe made sure he called us down at separate times. But mm-hmm. I came down from Gorilla and he's like, This is uh, Mr. Heyman heyman mm-hmm. shook my hand he said yeah. hi i'm paul i said i know who you are yeah <laughs> I said i'm james he said i know who you are i was like huh nice, nice. <laughs> no you don't just whatever yeah. you said that just to appease me yeah. he asked me how i wanted to be announced i told him and he was like i look forward to it it'll be my pleasure i'm like mm. no it's not gonna be your pleasure. It's all ours. Yeah, it's and you can read like Braille off of my arms when he told. Oh yeah. Me. It was it was unreal. And it really didn't sink in until like the whole bit started when like Brian Idol's goofy. Well, ass I was, was
0: gonna there, I was man. gonna ask that because it, I was I was
1: this was all Paul's I didn't, idea.
0: Yeah, I did I knew it was Paul's idea. The whole time <laughs> when that guy walked out I was like what the hell is this? That,
1: that we did too. Like, what the, <laughs>
0: who, I said, who the hell is this? Is this somebody they're going to make? And then he gets out there and I'm pretty sure, and I don't know for a fact, but part of me from a wrestling mind says, oh, they're ribbing him because it took him so long to turn the lights off. No,
1: here's, here's the rib. Paul is ribbing everybody in the back because he's standing at the entranceway like, not yet. Not I yet. I knew it. And Gabe is standing there like, Paul, please, I'm tired of him. <laughs> not yet. Okay, yeah. now. <laughs>
0: Cause, cause when like it was, I wish, I wish I had a camera on my face or just something to see the brain waves. Mm-hmm. because when he walked out, I was like, w- what is this? Yeah. Because, uh, like, like not to, not to analyze too much, but I, I think they could have done better with Josh's, all of Josh's <laughs> stuff with, right. with Austin after the match. I feel like that could have been done better to make Josh look more like a star. That's not my place. No. But, uh, the only other thing that I questioned that entire show was this guy, <laughs> and he walks out, and I'm like, and then he gets up there, and he starts, <clears throat> and I'm exactly. like, exactly, what in the hell is happening? <laughs> like I'm starting, like I'm starting to get anxiety. Like to I'm be there fair, and helping out.
1: To be fair, is the best promo Brian Idol has ever Okay.
0: Cut. Who is Brian Idol? Yes. Ex- okay, <laughs> but I was like, I've never seen this guy. I've never heard of
1: this guy. It's Earl Cooter.
0: Oh, okay. It's okay. Now, I know, see, yeah. I say
1: Earl Cooter, you know exactly yes, okay, who it is because okay. we've got a guy here in the Carolinas who decided he wanted to try to rip his asshole out. Yeah. Hey, that's your guy, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's your guy. Mm. <laughs> You're a Chase Brown fan, aren't you? Oh, Brian Kanabroski put you over, Chase. He said he loves you, he loves everything about you, and he wants to see you soon. The okay. uh, so,
0: But but the crazy thing is... The crazy, the crazy thing is... When the lights went out, it clicked, and right. I was like, "Oh, okay." And as soon as the lights came back on, and all of my assumptions were that eruption found was correct.
1: nuts. Yes, like as loud as it was on television, we felt the walls like come in, pump it's out. It was, it was nuts. It's like a speaker hitting bass. the The walls was bouncing like it yeah. was a car stereo system. It was That's nuts,
0: crazy. But yeah, and then. Like did you did you guys plan for you to say something to him before he? Yes. Okay. Yes.
2: I
1: was gonna say, and I knew, I I knew that. for a fact that Austin was gonna come out with twenty seven nicknames, like he's David Starr Jr. Yeah. So no, I'm not putting up with that.
0: <laughs> I love it. Now, so Henry was in a fight. Yeah, yes, there was definitely <laughs> not a wrestling
1: match. And I have to, God, I have to fight Arturo who lost next week. Son of a.
0: No, is he he's
1: he's from not the, next week. Two weeks. He's from the Performance Center, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I liked him. He's very good. Yeah. Um. He is green to professional wrestling, but mm. we're pretty sure that he's killed four or five people in Brazil and oh. he's hidden them somewhere. <laughs> and he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, black gotcha. belt in Capoeira. I, he was yeah. a he was a UFC coach. Mm. Um. You don't want to mess with him.
0: Yeah, but no, well, he's a bad man. What I loved about him and Henry, and we'll get to back to you in Austin. Oh,
1: that's fine. I'd rather what talk I, about him and
0: Henry. What what I loved about him and Henry was a Henry's nose got busted like at the very first thing. Oh, it was did. the first punch. And, it wasn't like and and it think, was the absolute first hate, punch. I hate that for Henry, but that added so much to that match.
1: I didn't hate it for Henry. He's busted a lot of people's <laughs> noses. True,
0: true. But uh, but I feel like that that guy is very. Because some people know, some people don't know that Henry has a back, MMA background, right? And Henry can legit hurt people and mm-hmm. and, and strike with the best of them. Well, and they, I feel like they were
1: legit trying to hurt each other. Yes,
0: it was nuts, and it was, and I think that it had a certain level of like non-perfection. Like so, some stuff was a little rough. Like it looked like they were tumbling around. It looked like they were actually fighting. I think that added to the realism. The of The whole match.
1: thing was a spar. Yeah. That's what they said. They oh, said, really? they said we're just gonna spar. And oh, they, they did more than better they me. did more than spar. Yeah. They just fought. Yeah. That was a full blown one hundred and twenty percent fight. And then I was because when like
0: once again, not to judge the evolved booking or, or creative, I was like, There's no way Henry's going over somebody from the performance center. Just well, because it's from the performance center. But the way to to Henry's credit, also to the other guy's credit. What's his name again? I can't pronounce it. Arturo name. Huas. Arturo. I'm gonna say. i just gonna say Arturo. Okay. Uh, to Arturo's credit, is at the end of the match when Arturo won, I didn't. I didn't think it took anything away from Henry. No, absolutely. It made not. it made Henry, it made them both like warriors.
1: How many times have you seen somebody in an actual UFC fight get caught with a kick? True. Call Ronda Rousey and ask her what Holly Holmes' leg feels like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Ronda was the odds-on favorite and was doing a good job at staying away from her until mm-hmm. Holly Holmes' twelve-foot-long leg caught her in the side of the head. Yeah. So.
0: Everybody, I mean, anybody can get caught. Yeah, a knockout. It's the kick. beauty of it. Come on, man. And I, and the fact that they're both like legit strikers.
1: <laughs> yeah, it showed. They both came to the back looking like they had been in a UFC fight. It was it was a sight to see.
0: Now, now transitioning to you and Austin. So, were nerves involved at all? <laughs> yes. Well, dude, you've been, how, you've been doing this for fifteen years,
1: and, and I've been getting nervous for fifteen, sixteen years. Well, What's nerves, it
0: matter? I, well, let me let me rephrase the question: Were nerves like more than usual involved? Uh,
1: yes, <laughs> just because again, of the platform. Again, think about it you're you're in front of two point five million brand new viewers. Yeah, the place is sold completely out. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people at the building knew me. Yeah. But I knew for a fact that nobody yeah. at home knew yeah. who I was. All they're going to see is a big three hundred pound white redneck guy mm-hmm. with gigantic tall trunks. Come to the ring, and they're going to think, "Who the hell is this guy?" Yeah. I mean, does he does he belong here? That's what and, I look forward to the most. Is that the video package started playing, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't check Twitter until like three days afterwards. Yeah. But the uh, the video package started playing. And then you can almost get on Twitter and you can watch the timeline and you can see what was going on bit by bit because they're like, I don't know this guy, but after the video package, I'm a fan of him. Yeah. Um, This guy, does he actually belong in the ring with an athlete like Austin? Yada, yada, yada. Then the match starts and it's like, oh, God, I didn't expect that. Oh, God, where'd that come from? He really dropped kicked Austin in the face at 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. It was just like they slowly went from – who is this fat fuck to, oh, my God, this guy can hang.
2: Yeah.
1: To this is my new favorite wrestler now. Yeah. So it was it was nuts. But I knew that I had to go out and I had to impress everybody. Mm-hmm. And I also knew that I had to go out and put on a good enough show to open eyes of people that might not look at a guy like me. Yeah. So when I got to the back after the match, Paul Heyman says to uh, Gabe, he says, that's a working ass motherfucker hmm talking, yeah. talking about myself. And he looks at me, he says, That was good shit. That was very good love shit. It. And walks off. And yeah. it was just like it was the best match of my career, I feel.
0: Oh uh, yeah. I mean well I really the like reason that. I love you, you that you explained that is because that that was the process of me learning James Drake. Right. It was the process of everybody. Yeah. Learning. It was uh well it's it, what's amazing about it is like I've experienced that personally and uh and you give me shit about it for give me shit about it all the time. Still do. <laughs> exactly. And uh, but it's like you, you see you and you're like, oh, okay. And then and then you see you wrestle and you're like, oh. And then you get to know you and you're like, oh and then <laughs> and then you see like the progression of it's it's almost like when you started with PWX or like that first pure show. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, he's he's money. Like he's 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 good. And then you learn like your the your mind for everything, and it's like oh he can teach people, right? So and now you see Gabe like fi- figure out the same thing and push you. And, I was, and the only thing I can think of next is like Hunter's gonna see it and be like, okay, let's do this. Push you. See, you know I'm what
1: I mean? I'm I'm not putting the cart before the horse ever because mm-hmm. I mean you you know oh, me. yeah I, I do. as. As hard as I work and as much time as I put in, would I love it? Absolutely, I would love it. Do I expect it? No, because look at me. I mean, I'm not going to change for anybody. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to drop everything I'm doing and spend the next four years in the gym and try to look like a damn bodybuilder because Mm -hmm. that's not me. It never has been. If I go in there looking like a bodybuilder doing what I do, I'm just another in shape. I'm another Brian Cage. I'm another guy, and I'm not taking nothing from Brian Cage. I love the guy fantastic dude probably one of the most impressive human beings on the planet
2: mm-hmm.
1: but if there's already one of him yeah. why do I want to be, you be him? a poor man exactly um, and people say well there's already a Kevin Owens why do you want to be a Kevin Owens i'm not no i'm not my my psychology in wrestling and his are completely different
0: well never never once have i looked at you wrestling and said oh that's like he looks like Kevin Owens or the, he's like Kevin Owens the
1: only people that do are people that have never seen me and only seen him yeah that's it and i think I, I, think I get the comparison to Arn to that um, would, I would to say Harley more, mm. to and, and this is just strictly off. Maybe an of Ole. I've got I've gotten Oli too, but I
0: think I, your personality
1: is more like Ole. I bump too much to be Oli. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Ricky Morton just took a bump somewhere from the thirty-seven punches he threw on Oli forty years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. Jeez. <laughs> so
0: did, like from from a. I know you talked about the feedback from Paul, right? Did anything change, like social media wise or fan wise, uh, or anything after that?
1: I'm pretty sure I have another thousand followers on Twitter. Gotcha. Um, but there's guys that didn't know me that knew the other James Drake. Mm-hmm. There's one in particular, and I can't believe I'm gonna put him over on this content uh, on this podcast. But uh, Galanzo at Galonzo Dan or Galazzo Dan on Twitter. He always used to give me shit about being just another fat guy. Yeah. Another, uh, just another fat guy. Why do I need to watch his stuff? I'm just, a, he's just another fat white guy, yada, yada, yada. And then somebody, like, somebody hit him up and said, Hey, you really need to watch this guy's stuff. He said, Why? I know the other James Drake. He's in the UK. And I kept giving him shit, like, you're watching the wrong one. Yeah. And he finally watched one of my matches and, like, publicly said, I can admit when I was wrong. Mm. God what have I been missing out on and now he's went back and watched all my shit so it's it's been eye opening like I really thought that people would just be like oh he's just another he's just another big guy but it's everybody is like this is somebody we can relate to Mm -hmm. but he can go in there and do stuff that we could never dream of maybe we can live vicariously through him yeah so yeah it's it's weird but I kind of like it I like it a whole lot more than I like Jason Cade
0: yeah I can understand
1: that. Oh, hey Jason, how are you? <laughs> you need your facial hair back. You look like a pansy ass bitch when you don't have it. I think you just big that piece shit. You might you might think that, but you're a Giants fan cuz we don't we don't appreciate your opinion. You're a Giants fan? Yes, he's a Giants fan. He's one of those that actually thinks Eli's good. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not delusional. <laughs> hold on a second. Say that again for the other Giants fans? Uh, uh,
0: uh. I know Eli's been done for like 3 years now,
1: 3? Right?
0: He's, he's been done for like th- at least three years. He's, he's, Five. He had, no, he's had some company. He
1: was all right. Daniel Jones is done before he starts his first game. You realize that, right? I, I don't know. Man. That's Eli two point I don't know, man. Let's let's give give him a shot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, well, that's we, all the shot I'm giving him on my episode of this podcast. It's too early to tell. <laughs> Tackle, drop down, leapfrog, get out of the NFL, Daniel Jones. <laughs> too <early to> tell. <laughs> Plus, he's from Duke. Piss on Duke. Hey, man.
0: Yeah, there's nobody gonna fight you on that one. I agree. <laughs> I agree. The uh. Last question. This last <laughs> question I'll ask about the evolved thing. That's fine. The at any point in time, I feel like that if, like if I ever get, like if I wrestled and I got an opportunity like that, at any point in time, did you ever feel like not satisfied with where you were, but okay, all the hard work has got yes. has paid off, and yeah. I, this is this is my time.
1: When I pulled up and the WWE satellite truck was outside, yeah, I was like, um, this is really happening, like what the hell? And then all of, you see a lot of the, or not a lot, but some of the WWE production crew there. Mm-hmm. But they're not there to set up WWE production. You said this earlier about Sal and uh, producing a WWE type product. Yeah. That was the opposite of what they wanted. Mm-hmm. They wanted an independent promotion. They wanted an independent yeah. show. That's right up his wheelhouse. Yeah. So, I mean well, I the, like the, the latest the latest feedback that they have gotten on it said that it was exactly what they wanted and it has opened the door to more um, more content being put on the network through other companies. Gotcha. So it's gonna awesome. be it's gonna be fantastic. Everywhere well, but here because we've got somebody that looks like Montgomery Burns that helps run this place. Yeah. And they don't like anybody Not me, looks like right? cart- the no. other one? Okay. Yeah, the other one. They don't okay. like anybody who looks like cartoon characters.
0: Gotcha. The uh, <laughs> Yeah, because the, what I, what I like the most is what I've I don't know if I've ever I don't know that I've ever told Sal about this It's like he always go to the buffer screen between matches, right? Like just the evolve logo going in and mm-hmm. out. But I did whenever I saw that he was going to video packages or interviews or stuff like that, I was like, okay, now now this is what I've been trying to pitch to Sal forever.
1: Well, that uh, they had been working on these video packages and stuff like that for a long time. Okay, so they wanted to give this like the the big show feel yeah. for Evolve. Yeah. They didn't want to give it just the every show yeah. feel. And they wanted to give this, hey, this means something. Yeah. And they knew for a fact that they were producing a show for a much larger audience than what they normally gotcha. uh, produce for. Because, I mean, you had to tell the story as who uh, who each yeah. character was. Yeah, because nobody, I, yeah. you can't, you
0: can't. You're doing You're this assume, on the fly, basically. Yeah, you can't assume that there's, everybody knows what's going on. There's two and, what,
1: and a half million people out there that don't know who Josh Briggs is. Yeah. They don't know that Josh Briggs and Austin Theory are at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. They don't know who Anthony Green is. They don't know that Anthony Green and Brandy Lauren just made a heel turn and now everybody hates them. Yeah. They don't understand their motivation behind it.
0: Like, I, I do so, like the idea that the crowd knew everything, so the crowd went with.
1: Well, the, the crowd did know a lot. Yeah. I won't say they knew everything because we, we haven't been to uh, Philly much. Okay. But they knew enough. They're
0: smart enough. They're the ones, smart.
1: The ones that did know, I feel like, were genuine enough reactions to where everybody else reacted Followed. to. Yeah. Got gotcha. And, like, it had that feeling. But when I really knew, hey, you're somewhere different, was when we're standing in the back and the show's getting ready to start and then now forever starts playing. Yeah. Before the show starts. Yeah. We're like, that's not the normal Evolve music. Yeah. Holy shit, this is real. That's wild. <laughs> and... Josh and Anthony, or Josh Briggs, Anthony Green set the tone for the whole night. Yeah. That match was nuts.
0: I did like, it was interesting how they started, too, with mm-hmm. people in the ring. Yeah, for and, sure. And I understand the concept of introducing the characters to people or the wrestlers yeah. to, to the audience right out of the gate. For sure. But uh, with, I kind of like that. With kinda, the best
1: I, voice in professional wrestling. Yes,
0: yes. The, uh, now we'll transition out of the Evolve to, I love your salty veteran spiels. so much so and and i assume i assume a a lot of people that wrestle a lot of the like wrestlers coming up listen to this podcast when i do wrestling so i'm gonna ask you a few questions that might harness advice might harness your hatred for (laughs) stuff they do okay so uh first things first what is one of the things that you dislike the most that people are there that wrestlers are doing nowadays that you think just needs to like, cut it out and go back.
1: Damn it, learn to sell. <laughs> Shh. I got one. One of my kids is sitting here. Mm-hmm. Please ask him what, when every time I go up to Firestar and run a training class, what the hell we work on the most? Selling. Selling. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And learn to sell. I, I don't care if you mm-hmm. have moments where you fire up. I don't care if you have moments where somebody hits you and you register it and you like don't fall down and flop all over the yeah. place. I'm not talking about. Like hokey ass, old school. Like take one punch, bump, roll out of the ring, bump on the floor. Don't don't yeah. oversell shit. Yeah. God, I make my, it please real. Please make it realistic. Please make it realistic. I, I, I want
0: like to second that selling is so much easier than performing moves.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Not like, only is it easier, it makes it makes your life easier. Oh,
0: when I did when I wrestled. I, that's all I do is I just get my ass kicked all the time yeah because it was so much like just punch me I'll I'll bump I'll feed back in if you want to do a suplex just call a suplex I'll take a suplex yeah It's like, I don't have to I don't have to remember anything I don't have to remember what moves I'm going to give you I don't have to remember, remember
1: a sequence for sure and the longer I get the sail the more wind I've got for the back half of exactly the
0: match. Exactly. You no know,
1: since I like to blow up how is the, your wind oh I don't know I like to blow up in the first five minutes of the match apparently according to some
0: do you well is it do you have the mindset that you have to blow? up like you have to do, the, you have to get your initial blow up, and then after that second wind lasts forever.
1: No, I just oh. I go in every match hoping that I survive. Period. Ah, uh, nah. See, like <laughs> uh, the being in, I've been around stuff like this, like grappling and stuff like that, yeah. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Jiu-jitsu helped me the most gotcha. when I was when I was doing jujitsu. Uh, there wasn't a person on the planet that could blow me up. Yeah, but I mean, at three hundred pounds, it started getting kind of hard. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's more about pacing myself, about but saying. it's also you have to tell yourself, hey, body, I'm in control of you. You don't control me. Exactly. So even though I'm dead, even though I can't move, mm-hmm. even though I don't have another breath that I can take, I've still got five minutes of this match I have to finish. Gotcha. So it's mind over matter. Yeah, there's nothing that's going to stop me from finishing this match. I never did that. Let's we're going to go back to the match with Austin. Yeah. Because I mean, somebody somebody said, and it was somebody that like is uh, he's a friend of mine that mm-hmm. said, hey, he looked like he blew up in the first five minutes of the match. I apologize for selling. Yeah. I apologize for making it look like I was in an actual fight, but at ten minutes, I was dead. Yeah. History. I'm talking like I had put so much emotion into this match. Mm -hmm. I had put so much everything into it that I I blew myself up. Yeah. I blew myself up selling. Mm -hmm. I blew myself up like. You're just trying to make 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 everything perfect. Trying to make it as realistic and like spot on as possible. But when my comeback started, Mm -hmm. I felt my legs get back underneath me. Yeah. And from that point on, I was like when I wouldn't. I would bump. The ref would come over. I'd be like, look, give me a minute. Mm-hmm. Give me a minute. But, I mean, I needed that minute to get my breath to be able to make it to the next spot. And yeah. You really don't know how much breath you can get in 15 seconds until you're forced to be able to have to get that much breath in 15 yeah. seconds. Yeah. And, man, there was, there was a couple of things that happened during that match that I really just don't know how it happened and mm-hmm. happened as cleanly as it did because mm-hmm. I was history. Yeah. But – it's it's literally mind over matter. I told my body, this is what we're going to do regardless of whether you want to or not. So that's how my wind is. We'll see how my wind is tonight when I'm beating the piss out of one of our other guys here. Yeah. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've already worn this one. He's mad at me. Oh, but, oh yeah. It's going to be bad.
0: The uh, second question is well, oh, the opposite of that spectrum. What what do you like that some of the younger guys are doing now? That you think is not necessarily revolutionizing professional wrestling, but just knowing that the, like this mindset or this technique will move it to the right place in the future.
1: All right, so if you think back in the uh, in the '80s mm-hmm. and the early '90s, wrestling had a lot of characters, had a lot of personality, a lot of charisma, mm-hmm. things like that, and like we love those guys. We we love the over the top guys. Ric yeah. Flair was mm-hmm. the most over charismatic human being on the planet. Arn was the exact opposite of him. He yeah. had his own charisma, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as flashy and flamboyant as yeah. what Arn was. And then you've got like, I mean, Coco Beware was nuts. He was yeah. he was crazy. He was a character. Macho man. Macho man. Repo man was a character. Yep. He was one that, as a kid, I hated him, but I wanted to see him every week because I wanted to see what he was going to do. Yeah. I wanted to see whose stuff he was going to steal next. Um. I mean, the Rockers, the Rock and Roll Express were mm-hmm. flamboyant as all get out. These are the characters that we had then that brought us in the professional wrestling. Yeah. Somewhere along the road, people said, hey, you need to look like a fighter at all times. You need to be this. You need to be that. You need to be 100% serious all the time.
0: That's well, either attitude error or ruthless aggression Era. At-
1: attitude Era was full of characters, if you think True. about it.
0: That, then it would have to be the Ruth, Ruthless Aggression was after Attitude Era, It right? was. Okay. It was.
1: And the Ruthless Aggression Era still had, they had all of those serious characters, but they still had certain. Do you think it was when like characters. the Ken Shamrock came in and I believe that, Steve Blackman? I believe it was around that area, but what it came down to was it was a lot of indie guys who thought, well, it's going to hurt my character if I go out here and lose. Yeah, I'm supposed to look like a badass I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to go out here and kill everybody I'm a heel, I know sell everybody I know sell your promos, I know sell this I show no emotion, piss on that Emotion is what drew you into it in the first place Exactly. So now what we see Is we see a lot of different characters Mm -hmm. I mean all over the place You can hate Joey Ryan all you want to For doing dick flips And pulling damn lollipops Out of his, but I tell you what If he's on a show full of nothing but super serious characters who you're going to remember
0: yep i agree
1: so if you have a, a perfect professional wrestling show to me is like a variety comedy show mm-hmm. or a variety show in general yeah you've got drama you've got comedy you might have horror i mean that's watching a montana black match yeah um i wish he was here Rick. <laughs> I was <looking> um, for. <laughs> um but you've got a little bit of everything yeah Back in the 80s and 90s, you had a little bit of everything. Early 2000s, you had a little bit of everything. Now we're getting back to that. And young people are starting to understand now that having a character and having a presence means as much as being super athletic. Yeah, there are some extremely athletic people in the world. Cam Carter is one of the most athletic human beings on the face of God's green earth. Mm-hmm. But this alpha brain bottle has about the same amount of charisma as him in the ring. It shows about the same amount of facial expressions. And I'm not shitting on Cam because yeah. Cam's one of my boys. Well, we're working I, on I, it. I love him to death. I know we're working on yeah. it. As a matter <laughs> of fact, in one of the last shows, I was like, hey, when you come through the curtain... And your damn interest music starts playing. I want you to dance like Trey Miguel all over the building. Get the crowd dancing with you. I watched the damn replay back. He danced on the stage and stopped. Did, did sit- you
0: Did you watch the end?
1: Um, yeah. I think so. The turn? Um, no, 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 no. Oh. This was before that. Okay. This was a tag. Oh, okay, okay. No, I didn't watch the turn. Oh, you didn't watch fifteen? No, but I'm that. glad. I'm glad that happened because I believe that
0: opened Cam to. Like everything that w- that I had seen that we need to work on, yeah, like got cut in half as soon as that happened. Oh,
1: he, he's he's got, yeah. he's a heel. I've seen oh. him during training.
0: He told me he's like, dude, you gotta let me do this. You gotta let me do this. Yeah, it's like just I, be patient
1: during training. during training. When we run like mock mm-hmm. matches at the end, yeah. I'll see him as a heel, mm-hmm. and he's a heel. Yeah, when he's a face, he's just he does super. He, he stuff. lets his
0: moves tell a story, he do, for him, well, as opposed he to
1: attempt to tell a story. For well, yeah, he you does, know what I mean. He, he
0: relies too much on his moves.
1: Yes, he, do, he relies too much on athleticism instead yeah. of storytelling. Now, as a heel, he doesn't have to do as much to tell the same story. Yeah, which is something I've beat into his head for God knows how long. So now, as a heel, if I get to see him tell a story with less, like less crap going on, mm-hmm. maybe it'll click. That's what happened for me. Yeah, when I was younger. Like, I was a super athletic 225-pound guy. My mm-hmm. finish was a 450, for God's sakes.
2: Oh, I didn't know and, that.
1: And, uh, yeah. Even at 240, I was hitting a 450 and hitting really? clean. Um, but, yeah, the only one I ever missed was on Shea, and I, the ropes rolled, and I landed on him back first, and I squashed him. But Shea Shea McGrady Shea. was 150 pounds then, so he was actual, He was an actual human being. <laughs> Shea survived work. Yeah, now he looks like a walking science experiment. Yeah. But um, the thing that taught me how to work was – I blew my knee out, mm-hmm. and I had ACL, PCL reconstruction. Gotcha. When I came back, I wasn't near as athletic. Yeah, I mean, I was still, God, he's 250, 260, and he's mm-hmm. doing stuff he shouldn't be doing. But I had to learn how to work. Yeah. I had to learn how to make that stuff mean something, so I didn't have to do as much of it. Mm-hmm. Then I crushed my ankle in a car wreck. Yeah, You see a progression here? Yeah. The less that I'm able to do, the better a worker I became. Yeah. And now the stuff that I'm doing is... Everything means a whole lot more because I set it up that way. Thank God I'm starting to see some of the younger kids do the same
0: thing. Yeah. Don't have, they don't have to go through injuries to progress their mind to that you can do more
1: with less. Exactly. I'll put it this way. Movie Mike's finish is a drop kick. Yeah. A drop kick. Who's finished with a drop kick in the last 30 years? Mm. Thank you. Yeah. he He hits it from two or three different angles. Mm. It's still a damn drop kick. Yeah. Jack Gallagher was the only other guy that used a drop kick as a finish, and it was the one in the corner. True. That was it. I but, was thinking,
0: but I would have never got to that. But
1: it, Yeah, I, I mean, you I think, wouldn't either.
0: Do you think through the injuries it's prolonged your wrestling career? Like uh, changing your style up?
1: Maybe. Because I was still stupid and took dumb bumps.
0: No, we, all, well, we all do.
1: Oh, God. Like some of the stupidest bumps i man. Uh, who in the hell? Before it became cool, I was taking the Destroyer from the second. Oh, bouncing off the top of my head for some dumb reason or another in front of 35 people in Marion, North Carolina.
0: We, uh, uh I stupid. remember we, whenever I first got into wrestling, which was 2003 ish,
1: go ahead and date yourself.
0: Yeah. 2003 ish is Patrick's forty-one. Me and, no, 36. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and, uh, Matt is a guy named Matt Crosby. He was big country back before any other big yeah. Countries. Oh, I
1: know him. I you know, know
0: they were him. the yep. he was, he worked in, uh, for Tony Hunter and yep. ACW. Uh me and him we we learned how to do the destroyer at training. Oh like where God. we trained it was in it was in China Grove, North Carolina. Right. It was uh it was in a glass shop, it was a twenty by twenty old NWA ring. Ouch. Hard as hell. Yeah. Uh, boxing ring. Yeah. And we uh we learned how to do the destroyer. So we got booked everywhere to do the destroyer <laughs> and but I never took, the, the worst one I ever took was the one from Cedric and Evo on the apron.
1: Oh, fuck that bullshit. Nice but, a, but
0: a funny story about that is when me and Cedric had our blow-off match, yeah. some guy in the crowd was like, I'll give you $50 if you do a Destroyer. And Cedric came up to me, he's like, hey, can you do a Destroyer? And I was like, as a matter of fact, I can. So he did it, and we split the $50. Well, hey, I
1: did. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm <laughs> yeah. not okay with it on the apron. What the no. hell is wrong with you? The
0: funny thing is, I don't know, it was one of my last matches. Are
1: you A.R. Fox? No. A.R. Fox and Alex Zane are the only two people that I've ever seen that can fall directly on the top of their head, get up, finish a match, and be okay.
2: Yeah. Well, the beauty of it. No,
1: hell no. you are going to wait a minute (laughs) because I brought Alex Zane up, and if I don't get this off my chest now, this is nuts. Alex Zane is wrestling Craig Mitchell last weekend Uh at Southern Underground Pro. Well, they have called this damn spot where Alex Zane is going to dive over the top rope, and they've got a trash can. Uh Uh-huh. Craig Mitchell's going to throw his trash can up during the middle of his Tope Con Hero, and he's going in the trash can. And he just hit the ground? Well, I didn't know whether he was going to try to get all the way over and land on his back and somewhat be okay, mm-hmm. or if he was going to try to land on his feet. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> here's how this goes. Alex Zane jumps, dives, Undertaker dive, beautiful, mm-hmm. throws the trash can up, perfect. The only thing is, He lands on his damn head. The trash can lands standing straight up, and then Alex Zane falls over. And I'm like, oh, my God, this match is over. This is the second guy we got to go get out of the ring with paramedics. This is bad. Oh, God, it's bad. Craig Mitchell gets back in the ring getting his heat, and I look, and Alex Zane is up and ready for the next spot. Like, how in the fuck are you alive? (laughs) He comes through the curtain, and the first thing I say is, how are you alive? He says, I don't know, but I landed on my damn head. <laughs> I was like, no. Now, no you, the funny oh. thing about Alex Zane, I used to watch him and Matt Demarest in the backyard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Those oh, two yeah. those two are nuts. They're nuts. Both of them are getting trained to wrestle. Me and Anthony love these guys. Yeah. Like, when we're riding the shows, we pull up their videos and watch them. Yeah. Now we want to wrestle them. Yeah. Alex Zane is fucking supernatural. Him and A.R. Fox against each other would destroy professional wrestling forever because oh. after it was done, there would not be a move that could finish anybody. You'd have to take a gun and shoot somebody in the head. My,
0: my favorite story about A.R. Fox
1: is... All of them.
0: Uh, we get. I can't, <laughs> remember, I, am, I can't remember. It might have been PWX. It was the first time I ever <laughs> met him, okay. but he got to the ring, or he got to the place. He put his stuff up. He walked to the ring. He, instead of getting in the ring, he did a springboard, uh, like springboard shooting star press and landed on his back, like bumped. Yeah. And got up. He's like, all right, that's my first bump. And I was like, what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, th- nothing's changed. Nothing has <laughs> changed.
0: I mean, he, you know how he does, how's, no, he does the like front flip yep. when he does the, or no, he does it backwards, don't he? When he does the springboard to the outside. He jumps on the top rope oh, and then yeah. he does, he does the front. He does so the cutaway front flip. Think about yeah. him doing that to the inside, but doing a shooting star. Was it was, no? Was it a shooting star? It might. It might have been just a centon and bumping on it. That's my gift to you for doing this.
1: Oh, that is beautiful. <laughs> if I have another couple of these, then Yaya really getting his ass with.
0: <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, 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 I was I was recording with Tommy, and I was like, I forgot.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, hold on. Oh, oh, hell, yeah. <laughs> Next.
0: the uh, Okay, and now we'll transition. You didn't throw me all off with the old hell, yeah. Are, that's good, man. That's fantastic. The, uh, I missed those. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is my first one.
0: Really? Moodi? Yes,
1: and it's delicious. Yes, it is. Oh The uh, like, is. Don't do this. Listen, no. you're, you're 12. Yeah. You don't do this. Don't do this. Ever. I don't care. When you get my age, you don't do this. This is what grizzled old don't give a damn veterans do
0: <laughs> and then moving like <laughs> transitioning out of that we're still teaching, <laughs> so uh like when to go to jump kind of back to the evolve, but sure. I remember when you and Anthony got the opportunity to team had never teamed before, no, and we barely liked each other like yeah, i do I knew that too, <laughs> so like I feel like th- I feel like there's a lesson to be learned here in the sense of whenever you're whenever you're granted an opportunity even if it's a weird opportunity are you listening
1: i'm listening okay. even if when I'm granted an opportunity even, even if, if it's a weird even if it's an opportunity
0: that you're not that you don't think may may not work may work whatever yeah. like w- explain how like the some of the hurdles you and anthony had to jump to get to where you are and how taking advantage such as like just if you guys weren't a tag team Right. You yeah, had to I had to learn how to cope as a tag team, learn the strengths and weaknesses of each other.
1: Well, here here's the weird thing. Okay, we had we had never I just been, we had never been in a ring
0: together. Well, I just heard like what I'm trying is if if there's a young wrestler listening to this and he says I feel like that you have a lot of stuff that young wrestlers can learn from. Cause I know you teach every week, right? But if you have the opportunity to, to take to do something instead of saying I don't know if that'll work for me, like this is. Like, I think they can learn from you and Anthony taking advantage of an opportunity given to you by Evolve right. and running with it.
1: Okay, well, in, in that case, from a teaching sense,
0: mm-hmm.
1: never, ever look at any opportunity as, I can't do this. Yeah. Because, I mean, if that was the case, when Gabe messaged me and said, hey, I've got a spot on style battle. This is the pay. This is who you're going to ride with. This is who you're wrestling can you make it without hesitation I said yes I didn't even know if I had a booking nothing Mm -hmm. all I knew was style battle was attached to the company where I wanted to be yeah so that's what I did Um, when the opportunity came up for us to um, to tag Mm -hmm. I said to myself you know I don't know much but Anthony's good Mm -hmm. Anthony's really good Like, at the time, he was one of the top in the company. I know what I'm capable of. So when you put two good singles wrestlers together, as long as they go in with the same mindset, they can be a good tag team. So I messaged him and said, hey, we've got this opportunity. Are we going to do it? He said, well, yes. I said, all right, then. Let's do it. So we got together, and we had no tag moves. We had nothing. Nothing. So I came up with a couple of small little things that we might be able to do and a couple of tag moves from, like, partners I had in the past. And we put them together, and it happened to work. But when we got out there and got in the ring, we had a weird dynamic. Mm-hmm. To the point to where he knows that I'm, I'm not big on putting together an entire match. Because mm-hmm. I hate trying to remember stuff. Yeah. But he was yelling what we were going to be doing to me as we was going to do it as mm-hmm. a tag team. Gotcha. So it was like we had that little bit of communication. Hey, here, this, that, come here, tag, go, now. So, little yeah. stuff, yeah. but it was stuff to where I knew what was coming next. Yeah, and we had a chemistry like we had tagged together a hundred times.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. It
1: just fell together, and now it's like literally we can show up to the we can show up to the venue 15 minutes before bell time be third match on the card, walk in, I tell him, hey, you going to call this with them? Just tell me where I'm at, and let's go do this. Yeah. But it took a a year and a half, two years to get there. Yeah. But I was terrified. Like, I knew that it was in front of my hometown crowd, so I had no problem getting over. Yeah. I mean, we were going to be over as soon as we stepped through the curtain. Um, But I was in there with Chris Dickinson and Jaka, and Chris Dickinson, I don't know if anybody knows, has a reputation of being an extremely stiff crazy psychopath yes Chris Dickinson outside of the ring is one of the nicest I love, I love most him. cool human beings I will drink beer with him all <laughs> night long I love Chris Dickinson. drink beer and go fishing oh my god yes for <laughs> sure
0: he's he is the man I remember when I told him where I lived he's like Oh, they got good fishing down there. That's the
1: first thing he I'll said. I'll come.
0: I'll come down there for like four days and fish for three of them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he said. Oh God, if you get me booked at PWX, I'll come fish for three days and then I'll wrestle the fourth.
0: Yeah, like, yeah.
2: That's what Chris. He said. Yeah,
1: you're you're taking bookings around fishing now. Yeah, <laughs> really. But I mean, I stepped out. I'm just like, hey, we got to do this. Mm-hmm. There was no, no, I can't. It was, I have to. Yeah. So when an opportunity presents itself. Don't be afraid to just say, yeah, and jump in with both feet. Yeah. One of two things is going to happen. It's going to work out or it don't. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out then, it might work out later. Exactly. But at least you're in front of them.
2: Yeah, exactly. When
1: I went up for style battle and I wrestled John Davis, John got me a job. Mm -hmm. That was all there was to it. He went out there and made me look like a million bucks. Yeah. Now I feel like every time I step foot in the ring, I owe it to John Davis Mm -hmm. to put forth everything I've got and try to get everybody I wrestle a job. Yeah. So
0: You're paying it forward.
1: Exactly. So now I look at I look at opportunities a little different now than I did then. Yeah. Now I look at it as an opportunity to make somebody. Yeah. Then it was –
0: Because uh, you've established yourself. Right.
1: Then when I got the opportunity to step foot in the ring with Anthony and tag for the first time, never having tagged before, I literally told him. I said, I mean, I owe it to John to, to take this opportunity by the horns and go.
2: Yeah.
1: So we did, and we won the belts that night. Mm-hmm. And when we won the belts that night, we kept them in Atlanta. Then we kept them through the next – loop and the next loop and nobody gave us a chance to hold them for as long as we did yeah and we wound up losing them to ethan page and ach Mm -hmm. who lost in the very next night back to doom patrol Mm -hmm. but we we got to making a name that way in front of new crowds yeah now anywhere we go as a tag team you're like as soon as we show up on a poster people are at the show
0: gotcha the now do you contribute I know I know that you were you you had done it for a long time before you got to PWX. Right. And you uh you were already kind of set not set in your ways is not the right right terminology. Just set on your thought process and everything from that point. Right. Do You contribute a lot of the success in like working the talent of PWX or going through like an X16 and winning it or or just like step I feel like it sounds like I'm boasting the company I work for, but like we we pride ourselves on having the best talent in the area, right? And and a lot of that is so the new people we bring in or the best talent in the area work the other best talent in the area, and then you get a chance to work other talents that come in for sure, and and come in from high, uh, bigger organizations. Do you feel like that helped you, like, move uh, to that for sure mainstream
1: style for sure? Because I mean. I had been in the ring with guys. Like yeah. I had been in the ring with Abyss. Mm-hmm. I had been in the ring with Gunner. Um, I had been in the ring with Tommy Dreamer and some other guys. Like yeah. I had wrestled my fair share of name, uh, name talent before I got to PWX. Mm-hmm. But when I got to PWX, the level of production was just a touch higher. Mm-hmm. The crowds were just a touch bigger. The atmosphere was a touch more electric. Mm-hmm. So it gave a little more... Um, a little more of a challenge to overcome the nerves that I had. Like the nerves I had at my first PWX show honestly Mm -hmm. was about the same as the nerves I had at the WWE network special. Yeah. Because at that point I hadn't worked something that stage. Yeah. The biggest show that I had worked was um, a free show in Chester it was in front of about 4,000 people, mm-hmm. but it was at the part of a— Like a festival or It was an Independence Day festival.
2: Okay. Gotcha. So they had
1: fireworks stuff like mm-hmm. that that night. The other biggest show I had wrestled, I wrestled Gunner in front of 2,700 paid in Camden, South Carolina mm-hmm. for uh, SWA. Gotcha. That was ran by the guy that trained me, David Reimer. Yeah. Um, well, David, David trained me mostly. George was the first person. George South was the first person to ever put me in a ring and bumped me, and he mm-hmm. helped finish me off. I, gotcha. I can't give credit enough to both of them. Yeah. I, I just can't. George, without George, I'm not who I am now. Yeah. Without David, I did. I never got there. Mm-hmm. So I, that's that was, just the. Easiest I'm glad way you brought that up
0: because that was how I was going to finish. Yeah. Is I know I know that I never got to meet David. Yeah. But by you and Ethan. And a few others, like Rob, speak right. very highly of him. Oh, man. man and, I know he had, and I know he had a big hand in all of you guys. For sure. Like careers and, and getting yeah. you guys.
1: SWA was the original land of the Misfit Toys. Yeah. Everybody that somebody told, no, you won't make it, mm-hmm. went there. And when they went there, he found a way to make them as good as he can. Yeah. He booked them in ways that like brought out personality, and they brought out character, and it brought out – Stuff that you didn't know.
0: He was he's teaching you oh, different man. aspects of the business. Yeah,
1: and he was putting you in situations to where, look, sink or swim. Yeah, it's like it's that simple. But um, going back to the original question, I really do feel like my first match in on PWX main roster mm-hmm. was me teaming with Tim Donst mm-hmm. against the Revolt. Yeah, and. And people was like, "Oh, you're teaming with Tim Donst." I said, "No, Tim Donst is teaming with me." Yeah. <laughs> and they said, "What do you mean by that?" I said, "Well, come watch the match and find out." Yeah. So I went out and I tried to outshine Tim Donst. Mm-hmm. That was that was my whole goal. Uh, we had a blast. It was a great great tag match, and I loved Tim. Tim's good dude. Yeah. Um. But just from that point, my I went from teaming with Tim Donst in like the second match on the card mm-hmm. to the very next show. That was the night that anthony and champa decided to go an hour 45 and 45 listen y'all can give anthony all the hell you want to oh, but i heard champa in the back when they said champa you know you only had 12 to 15 you went 45 fuck them yeah that's exactly what he said what are they gonna do yeah. fight me that was nah, an, yeah no nah, you can have that sir and then the next show anthony wrestles john davis and john's like they gave us 10 we're not going 10 I was like, what are you doing? He said, well, I need at least 25 to get this match over. So that's probably what we're going to do. <laughs> so Anthony caught a bad rap because two guys decided to go way over time. Yeah. You can look at me crooked-eyed all you want to, but I'll call John Davis right now on the telephone, and I'll tell you. <laughs> but, yeah, Brian Brian can get out of here. Screw him. Get out of here, you bum. Uh, just because you own the building doesn't mean that I'm not going to sit here and talk shit. Um, <laughs> but, like, from that point just the next show that i wrestled i wrestled tim, with tim dots third match on the card in gastonia in hickory the very next month mm-hmm. i wrestled ethan case in the semi-main event yeah i went from third match to semi-main and when i got there i was told hey sink or swim yeah but y'all looked at ethan as top talent there mm-hmm. he is yeah what y'all didn't know i helped train ethan case yeah and then after the match when i get to the back ethan case says do y'all know he helped train me you know he was my first match in the business? And everybody's eyes got big. There's like, where the hell did he come from? He said, I've yeah. been telling you about him for years. Yeah. Immediately. Bro- Ethan, Ethan Ethan and
0: Zane are the ones yeah. that were pushed pushed you on me so much. Cedric claims that he 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 might have. He
1: claims that he spit my name a couple of times after he, he wrestled me at NAB. But the ones
0: the ones that I remember are Zane. the one I remember the most was Zane. Right. Zane was like, You gotta get Drake, you gotta get Drake, you gotta get Drake.
1: Well um, I love Zane. Yeah. I love him. It we're, we're a lot alike in some ways. Yeah, I can see that. But <laughs> but Brian comes to me, and he says, hey, go get promo pictures done. Ethan comes up and says, you need to hire this guy. He said, why do you think I'm having him take promo pictures? Yeah. I, I told Brian at the first show. Actually. He told me something. I told you and Brian both because you booked me. Mm-hmm. You messaged me on Facebook and said, hey, are you available?
0: Yeah. It was you and
1: Riot, wasn't it? Me and. Was it Kid Riot? No.
0: Oh, you, it was you and somebody versus. The first Pure show was... It was me was and
1: Kid Chaos.
0: You and Kid Chaos.
1: I'm talking about main roster. Okay. Well.
0: I think, yeah.
1: <coughs> it was me and Kid Chaos against worst-case scenario. That
0: was the first like that was the first time I ever saw you. Right.
1: And that was... At I, Pure. That was the second was match strong. we had had against them because we wrestled them at Flatline. Ethan went straight to his telephone and said, hey, you got to book this match at mm-hmm. Pure coming up. Then it happened. Then the next Pure that happened was me and Eli, and mm-hmm. we tore the house down yeah. again. I remember that. And... Then you messaged me for main roster, and I'm like, look, you give me a shot on the main roster, and I'm going to force you to book me.
0: Yeah, I do remember that. And I told
1: Brian the same thing. Yeah. Here's a funny story, and I don't care if I get mad or not. AML had a show that weekend as well. It was Uh a uh, baseball field show. Mm -hmm. And um, they had a battle royal before the show. Mm -hmm. No pay, no nothing. And they said, show up, help set up. Maybe there's a battle royal spot, and if there is, then maybe we'll have a pre-show match as well. If you do well enough in the battle royal, we might use you on the Mm pre-show. A week later, I get a message. Hey, are you available for Gastonia on this date? And I said, yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. They said, all right, cool. Here's the pay. Can you be there? I immediately messaged Tracy and Brian and said, hey, I got this opportunity. Uh, I'm getting paid to do it. Yeah. Sorry, got to go. Mm-hmm. They said, no hard feelings. Go do what you got to (sighs) do. Never responded to another message about me trying to get booked there again. Yeah. Brian. Tracy, thank you for helping me try to find a car when I absolutely needed one. Yeah. (sighs) Anyways. um, (laughs) Now, it speaks for itself. I went from those two matches to being put in the ring with – I mean, Sammy Callahan, mm-hmm. Martin Stone, uh, Jeff Cobb. Mm-hmm. God, you, the, the list goes on and yeah. goes on and on and on. And then we had X-16 on Flow Slam. Mm-hmm. And Gabe got to see me at X-16 on yeah. Flow Slam.
0: I think that was his first.
1: That was the first time he saw any of us.
0: Yeah, it's the first time he checked out PWX.
1: Yeah, he wanted Tracer X. He mm-hmm. loved Tracer. Yeah. Still loves Tracer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he saw me there, and that's when he got a hold of Anthony and said, hey, can you bring in the style battle? Yeah. And then I started working that way. But as we kept going on, it was like when I got the ITV title, mm-hmm. it was just like, man, you're going to – it was like next level. I beat Gunner for it, somebody I absolutely looked up to. Oh, he was yeah. on television. He yeah. held a major heavyweight championship for a major company. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known Chad a long time. Yeah. I really have. I love him um, so much. Fourteen years, as a matter of fact, is how long mm. I wrestled him. His first match back off the boat when he came back from the Marines. Mm-hmm. It was me and Max Cortez versus him and Rex Rumble. That
0: was in Chester.
1: No, that was oh. in Hendersonville, North Carolina, oh, in the Whitmire Activity Building for SWA. Oh, okay. Uh, Chad was trained by Abel Adams.
0: Dude, see, when I wrestled at when I wrestled at APW Chester, yeah, when Doug owned it, yep. It was the two top was Zach, Zach Salvation and mm-hmm. Gunner, Chad. Right. And then Abel and Will were the tag team with us. Boy. And those two guys, like me, it was me and Cole Maccabee.:
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> I love Cole, but you're about to get your ass whipped. <laughs> but uh, and, and, we, and we had a run. We had like a four, three or four-month run with them every other weekend because that's when they redid every other weekend. Yeah. Every other Friday, I believe. Uh, with Will and Abel. And had, right. Dude, some of the funnest times in wrestling i oh, ever absolutely. had. I ever had. Absolutely. I remember my, my favorite story from that is uh, we were in Lancaster and in that little building in Lancaster oh, that's yeah. at the fairgrounds, yeah, the Legion Hall or something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, Abel and Will had just beat the dog shit out of us, oh, and I was climbing up the ramp. And My parents never went to wrestling shows, right. but they were at this one. Yeah, and I was climbing up the ramp. And somebody was right beside my head, and they go, are you okay? And I turn and look, and it's my mom. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good, Mom. Jeez, that's hilarious. <laughs> then I go back to selling. But, dude, um, I had so much you, so much fun with him. Uh,
1: for those of you that don't know who Will Snap is, oh, he is about 5'10", 5'11". He was 340 pounds. Mm-hmm. Solid. Like, he had a belly on him. He wasn't the most built human being. No. But if you go up and you hit him in the stomach, you're liable to break your hand. Yes. And— He's wrestling Shay Shay McGrady for the SWA Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> Think about this. Shay weighs 145 pounds. He's it. a heavyweight champion. <laughs> well, all right. Shay was a heavyweight champion? At the time, yes. <laughs> and I thought his yeah. life ended right here. Well, they're wrestling. Will hits him, bumps him, goes to the top. Oh, for the You know, Will's finishes a Okay. <laughs> Will does this moonsault. Shea disappears. <laughs> he lands, oh, and amazing. you don't see head. You don't see feet. You don't see arms. He's gone. Yeah. Three count happens. Shea still hasn't moved. <laughs> Will gets up, celebrates, goes to the back. Shea hasn't moved. Yeah. He's laying in the middle of the ring waiting on somebody to scrape him up with a spatula. <laughs> he gets to the back, and I said, Shay, are you okay? Brother, I never felt him. What? <laughs> How? How? This is a bus doing a backflip, landing on yeah. you. How the fuck do you not feel him?
0: I may or may not have taken one of those moon brother.
1: I've taken a bunch. Oh, and man, Will was so good. Oh yeah, both of them, Will but and Abel. He blew his knees out so much he had to. He had to quit. Yeah. Abel was legit one of the most scary individuals on the face of the mm. planet. I remember a story. Him. I don't know if you remember Major Crunk. Yes. Okay. God rest his soul. God.
0: God, I have not heard that name in forever. Jeff
1: James was one of the best people on the face Uh, of the planet. Six foot eight, Mm -hmm. 300 pounds, K1 kickboxer, (laughs) uh, sergeant in the army, or major in the army. That's where his name came Mm -hmm. from. And don't fuck with him. Yes. Uh, Him. Okay. Abel crunk, wicked, Doc Feelgood. You remember Doc Feelgood from Bad Medicine? It was yeah. Mike Payne and Doc Feelgood. Doc was the bigger dog. Yes. Guy. He was, Did um, they
0: wrestle ate the regular APW Yes, yeah. Spartanburg? Yes. Yeah. okay. He was black belt okay. and taekwondo. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like he calls a super kick on me the first time. I say, in no way his fat ass getting his leg up there. I turn <laughs> around and I ate all of his <laughs> otonics right in the mouth. Pow! Yeah. But there's those four and there's one more and they're at a they're at a Mexican rodeo. Mm-hmm. They've been hired to do security that night. Mm-hmm. They say, why aren't we doing security? I mean, everything's cool here. And then it happens fight breaks out oh yeah not oh, just course. a fight everybody in the place is fighting the riot able okay it was Abel, will jeff wicked and Dot. feel good mm-hmm. wicked is david uh-huh. and between those five they have beat the hell out of everybody that came to this damn rodeo <laughs> and when the guys came to pay them mm-hmm. they gave them half the money back because they got to fight oh the guy went and bought beer, said, don't move. The guy went and bought beer, came back, and and sat beer. down and drank beer. I loved it. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Abel's like, I loved it. I tried to give him all my money back because I got to fight everybody. I got to whoop everybody's ass. I was like, God, I Abel. saw
0: Abel at the, I want to say it was the last TNA pay-per-view that Gunner was at. Right. And uh, it might have been bound for glory. No, Fun- he wasn't there. Funny but- thing
1: about Abel was he was about to be signed to ECW. Oh, really? Yeah. The day after they said something about signing him, oh, they sold it. They got bought. he was heartbroken. Ugh. heartbroken. But like, able to be as mean and aggressive and ill and like, I'll kill you as he yeah. was. the was sweetest Soft, human, softest being. guy yes. in the ring ever. Like, I'd Abel, work him Abel every was day. the
0: first person in wrestling that cut a promo on me in the ring, and I
1: legit thought I had pissed.
0: Him it scared, off. scared the shit out of yeah, you. Yeah, I was it? like, what. We were, we were good like five minutes ago when we were talking about this.
1: He done that to me one day, and I locked up with him. I said, are you sure we're good?
0: He said, Joey might have saw some of those ass-whippings bi- ass I took. And Joey was like five. Back in, a- yeah. I remember
1: I remember, from the crowd. I remember Joey coming up trying to hump my leg as a six-year-old. <laughs> he was like, hey, James Drake, do you think I can be a wrestler? I said, no, kid, get away from me. <laughs> the sound guy's got a better chance.
0: I'll tell you the – the, 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 well, I'll, I'll, What was that, Marvin? Was that his name? I'll tell Marvin? him – I don't even remember the sound guy. <laughs> The funniest story from APW Chester that I, I could ever remember was there was this girl, this little girl that used to make shirts for me and Cole. Okay. And like, like with the glue the glue glitter stuff. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I can't remember her name. I remember what she looked like. Yeah. And uh, we were heels, so she made a shirt, and I was like, oh, she made a shirt It's so awesome. And so I went and got it, and we held it up, and we said, thank you, so-and-so on the mic, and then we ripped the shirt up. And, dude, (laughs) and it got so so bad that Doug came back and was like, you need to go apologize. And I was like,
1: no. (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely not.
0: And he's like, no, you need to apologize. They're threatening all this stuff. And I was like, here's what we're going to do. See the shirt I have on? It was right when the Under Armour started getting big. Yeah. And it was the the gray kind of like this with the little Under Armour logo. This is like a $35 shirt. Yeah. I'm going to cut it right here. You go tell them when I get in her face, she grabs my shirt and pulls it and rips my shirt off of me. I guarantee you this shirt costs more than three of her shirts that she made. <laughs> and he goes, okay. And I went out, and she grabbed my shirt. We still had to apologize. But she grabbed my shirt and ripped my damn under armour shirt. Oh, and this man. is like, this is right when they first came out. And I was maybe, what, 22. Right. $35 to me was everything.
1: Yeah. Of course. That was five paydays, cuz. This is at
0: least a three-day workout shirt for me during the week. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah.
1: Well, since since he's sitting here and I just want to see him pop, you was telling a funny story. Okay. I got one.
2: Okay. Well, we're what, gonna finish with this.
1: At, yeah. At one point, I was so like over as a heel there. There mm-hmm. was so much nuclear heat that every time I came out, somebody was trying to pull a knife, and stab oh. me, something. It was nuts. Love it. But I was working a program with Shay. Go figure. Go figure. And man, one night Shay gets this bright idea. He says, "Hey, what if I come to the ring as you?" I said. Explain, he says. I've got. I, I take your blue singlet. I got this big ass pillow at home. I'm gonna stuff this pillow down in my singlet. Mm-hmm. I've got these big giant ass plastic ears. I'm gonna put on, <laughs> and I'm gonna come out as you. The lights are gonna be out. Your music's gonna play. The lights are not gonna come up till I get in the ring, and we're gonna let people boo like a some bitch until the lights come up, yeah. and then we're gonna see what happens. I want. I said, all right, cool. Only if I can come through the front door and attack you afterwards. Mm-hmm. He said, all right, cool. Well, when I get there, we have a legit policeman in the back to do security because these people are threatening to kill me. Yeah. So <laughs> this guy is in the back. I said, hey, as I'm beating his ass, I mm-hmm. want to add a little realism. As I'm beating the shit out of him, yeah, I want you to bum rush the ring, yell at me to stop, and when I don't, I want you to legit take me down, handcuff me, and take me to the back. Uh. I don't want it to be a work. I want it to look like you're... Like really trying to restrain me Getting excited Music hits Mm -hmm. Lights go out Crowd booing like hell Because all they see Is these big giant ass Fucking satellite dishes (laughs) On the side of Shay's head Coming to the ring Stuffed Stuffed his singlet Stomach sticking out Like Jesus Christ He just looks horrid Looks like me (laughs) And he gets in the ring Grabs the microphone They're booing Mm -hmm. And then he starts talking like me And they start booing then the lights come on, and they die laughing and cheering. And ra- and he starts cutting his redneck-ass promo. And they are going nuts. I jump the rail. Mm-hmm. I sit, kick him in the face. Mm-hmm. I beat his ass in the middle of the ring. The crowd is nuclear fucking hot. Damn, threatening to kill me. Somebody threatened to kill my kids. It was nuts. <laughs> then the cop comes out. And I look at him, and I said, screw you, cop. What are you going to do? And I went to whooping Shay's ass again. And then I got tackled the stiffest I've ever been hit in my entire you. life. He, he, I wish he would have oh. because the shoulder that he put into my rib cage put me out legit. of wrestling for six months. Oh. It was bad. But he does that. He handcuffs me. He snatches me out of the ring without help and snatches me to the back. I was like, I mean, what's up with that? It's a it's work. A, it's he a work, said, you said, you said it wasn't. I said, all right, then, cool. I get in the back. And the sympathy for Shay is unreal. Like, mm. pe- they send people out to check on him. And then we have a two out of three falls match later that night. Mm-hmm. Shea goes over, crowd eats it all the way up. Oh, yeah. And then I learned later that Doug paid him 30 and paid me $5. Said, Fuck you, Doug Hawkins, you bum. But <laughs> Doug Hawkins. Yeah. I, <laughs> gosh almighty. But that was, it was so much fun, but it was hilarious. Shea has never come up with a better idea. Better idea. Yeah. Ne- just never. He pulls if, for the Redskins. If, I don't explain. That explains all.
0: With with that story, if anybody ever asked me, what's the worst part about having success as a company? Yeah, it's because you can't do shit like that anymore,
1: isn't it? <laughs> God, you can't. Well, there, there was two hundred people in a damn building that only hold one hundred and twenty-five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know where they found the extra place to put them. It was nuts. We started getting, we started drawing crowds enough in Chester mm-hmm. to where they had to open the bay door the and go building? outside. Yeah. Oh. And then after you get done, you go over to the bar.
0: Uh huh the mexican bar in the right across drink beer all night drink beer all night love it all right we we've developed a crowd and i think it's time for us to go
1: i I ain't worried about this crowd screw this who is this well i got
0: i have responsibilities
1: we got we got Mm -hmm. beastly who's a bum we got joey who i was telling the story story for we got shane dore jr Uh, oh (laughs) hey dave foster how are you (laughs) gosh i mighty. you don't take near as many pot shots as shane dore does I understand. (laughs) And that's going to be really funny because we just had a talk earlier about how he doesn't blast anybody. Come on now. Yeah, clean, 100%. (laughs) Who just came in the door? Nobody. Oh. That damn ghost. All right, cool. So, yeah, we can wrap this up because I still have half a a beer to drink before I start figuring (laughs) out ways to kill Yaya.
0: I hear you. Thank you for sitting down with me.
1: Oh, of course. I hope it was good.
0: Bye, bud.
2: Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Special podcast. Find all of our old episodes at Tuesdayspecials.com.
0: That's Tuesdayspecials.com. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. All right, thank you. I just want to take a quick second to thank everyone for supporting and listening to this podcast. And I don't want to leave you in the dark. Uh, Once again, this was the finale. And uh, i got a few other things. So please, if you can, go check out tuesdayspecial.com it's got some information about my new venture as well as facebook.com backslash patrick price comedy so you can keep up go like the page or follow just follow the website but uh we will be jumping back into the saddle with the podcast on the first tuesday in december so i was going to take about a two-month break just get some get some episodes in the can and and then hit the ground running and pick up right where we left off with season three beginning the first week of december all right thank you everyone hopefully everybody has a good thanksgiving and hope to see you around thank you guys we'll see you back
2: the first week of december